Y'all ready for this? Anyways. Hey everybody and welcome to episode 322 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play or are interested in playing Magic the Gathering. Whether you're sitting at home jamming some arena, you're heading out to a local game store with some friends, or whatever other way you're playing it. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan. And on today's show, we are getting ready for the Mythic Invitational by talking about best of one. That's right. Set off the sirens and let the... And light the house on fire. I thought you were going to say, let the otters out. Like, what? Free the let, otters. Let the otters out. Here they come. Floop, 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 floop. Why floop. the otters? I don't know. It just felt like what you were going to say. Well, okay then. Let the otters out Whenever because I play. they want to talk about the mythic invitational. Whenever I play best of one, I definitely have a feeling that I'm just freeing my own inner otter, you know, of sideboarding. Oh, yeah. <laughs> otters notoriously hate sideboarding. That's right. They just, they're too, you know, they're too like relaxed Chill. exactly they're too just letting the river take them where it goes cracking an oyster on their belly they it, eat oysters you think of urchins i Maybe don't know both. they some, probably eat both some small sea being yeah <laughs> is what they eat anyway yes the point is we're talking about best of one which we really haven't taken the chance to do on this show too much that's right it's a very new format brave new world and it's yes. the format in a way, of the Mythic Invitational coming up at PAX yes, this weekend. There will be no sideboarding at the Mythic Invitational. No! How about that? None. Pretty wild. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fast. You're going to watch a format that has no sideboarding. That's true. But Pretty cool. There might be cards in the sideboard. What? You oh, know? because of like a, say, Mastermind's acquisition? That's right. Pretty sick. So we're going to do a deep dive on that, uh, what to think about if you're interested in playing Best of One, some tips and tricks from the pros based on an article from Brian Brondewin, and just some information like on land drops and, and that kind of thing, what you should keep in your head as you're watching the tournament or checking out Best of One on your own and trying to maximize your win rate. That's right. We're also going to have a story time. We're going to figure out what's going on with the gruel these days. Probably a lot of smashing. Do you know what? There is a lot of smashing. <laughs> I knew it. It is pri primarily demolition and then other stuff. Primarily demolition. I would say that the story was about one, tattoos. Okay. Two, building destruction. Wow, that seems the most gruel thing I could possibly imagine. Yeah, right? I want to put on my business card under my name, primarily demolition. <laughs> but I'm not a contractor. <laughs> but you're not, but you're not. No. Also tattoos first. Oh, tattoos, yeah. Tattoos primarily demolition. primarily demolition <laughs> i love it but before we get into the show big thank you to everybody who helps make the show a show on patreon.com slash glhf magic that's right you make this show possible thank you to everyone who has joined our family whether you are very recently a patron of the show or you've been a patron for as long as it's possible to be a patron everything that you contribute means so so much to us um if you're interested in that and you have the ability to as little as $5 a month goes a really long way for us and makes a huge difference. Yeah, you get access to our Discord server, to bonus videos mm -hmm. every single week in the extra special patron special, mm -hmm. and rewards like stickers, magnets, and play mats, depending on how long you donate, that kind of thing. Exactly. And maybe you're sitting there thinking to yourself, but not my $5 can't make a difference. Your $5. Literally yours. It's literally your $5 that can make a huge difference to us. Uh, so if you're able to, please do. I mean, if you're sitting 
through listening to this part of the show, I feel like this message is for you. For you, yes. <laughs> Thank you also to Card Kingdom, cardkingdom.com slash GLHF. And right now, if you order from them, you can say good luck, have token in your order, and they will send you a sick double-sided Maria and Megan token. These tokens are legit. Yes. They're very high quality. Yes. And you can put whatever you want on them. Some people who became a pa- who became patrons during Patreon Pledge Drive Month yeah. already have theirs, and we hope that they are working out great for you. Some of them are still on their way, yes, um, and they will be to you soon. But if you if you've got them already, send us a little photo on Twitter, yeah, so we great. can see you and tell us what you're making your tokens into. Yeah, we're at GLHF Magic. We love new Twitter followers. We interact with people a lot there, probably yeah. more than anywhere else. Um, so just you know, give us a follow if Twitter is something that you know you're brave enough to use on a day to day basis. Do you know what? It requires a lot of bravery. I'll admit that I, for one, in my personal life, do not have that. But it is a magic hotspot. I I don't know, for whatever reason, Twitter became the magic place. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? But yeah, check them out. Um, They've got everything you could possibly want. And bless. Thank you. (laughs) Megan's little rabbit sneeze for you there. Uh, they have they have faster shipping than um, any X Files fan. What? Do you get it? Like shipping, like yeah. you want the two characters. Yep, yep, to- yep. I got there. <laughs> I got there. Megan, let's talk about best of one. That's right. Best of one or worst of one. I mean, depending on the person that you ask, the answer is different. Yeah, that's, that's true. How opinions work. You know what the thing is, though, why this is so polarizing is because it's an entirely different format of yes. magic. It period. is not standard. No, it is standard best of one. Yes, because those two things have a little bit of overlap, but they are not synonymous. Just the way that modern and standard sometimes have similar, have like have the same cards in them. Yeah. That does not mean that they are the same format. No, 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 no. Uh, it, it's just like completely different animal and you need to be looking at it as a completely different animal. Yes. When you, you wouldn't play it. look at a fox and <laughs> say that's a bear. No, that would be problematic unless it looked like a lot like a bear, but it was still a fox. But then you even still, even then you point out and you say that's a fox. That looks like a bear. <laughs> that looks like a bear. Please send us your photos of foxes that look like bears. Ooh, I'm interested to see this. Slash scared? Use the hashtag fox bear. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or wait, fox like a bear. Okay. Fox like a bear. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really important because you can't just take your best of three deck and start using it yeah. in the best of one cues. No. It's not going to work out for Mm-mm. you. Um, so yeah, we uh, took a look at an article on TCGPlayer.com from BBD, aka Brian Brondewin, who's yeah. in the MPL, just an all-around nice guy. We did an interview with him and when we used to do Magic the Prothering. That's right. So you can go back and check that out from our archives. Yeah, right when he won the world championship. Yeah, that was a crazy event. <laughs> that like, was a long time ago. Wow. Memories. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, so... Yes. Maria. Yes. Give us give us a hot tip. Okay, so number one, like what we mentioned before, you've mm-hmm. got to realize that these are different formats. Yeah. And what does that mean? So what is good in one deck in one format is not necessarily good in the other. We covered that. Yeah. Mid-range, much worse than best of one. Yeah. Because you should really be kind of like black or white yes. in your game plan. Which does not mean in the color pie, no. black or white. <laughs> But it means that you're looking at very linear strategies. It's yes. either like you're all in on being super aggressive or you're all in on being very controlling. Right. 
decks that can win game one are obviously much better in best of one, yes. meaning that you cannot correct after sideboarding because in best of three, sometimes your deck is, you know, kind of a dog in game one or whatever. Yeah. Um, mono red is a, an example of a deck that does really well in game one. Right. But then in games two and three, in best of three formats, people can bring in a lot of cards to combat that, like a lot of life gain or things Sweepers. like that. Exactly. That are going to help them like eke out games two and three. Esper Control is an example of a deck that actually gets better despite a few things that we're going to talk about later in Best of One, specifically because a lot of people run cards in their deck that are just complete blanks yeah. against Esper Control. Lava Coil? You're, does nothing. Yep, you might as well. Like, you keep a hand that has Lava Coil in it. It's like, well, okay. I'm mulligan to six, and I didn't know it. <laughs> Kaya's Wrath? I mean, yeah. what is that doing? I mean, in that case, you're probably playing you're probably the mirror. You're probably playing so. the mirror. Yeah, never mind. But, like, yeah, removal strictly, like, creature or, you know, one-for-one one removal or whatever, completely dead against Esper Control. So a lot of times, uh, decks will just sit there and uh, have some useless cards in their hand, giving Esper, of course, the card advantage. So the other thing we want to talk about here is the hand-draw algorithm in Best of One. Because mm -hmm. unlike Best of Three on Arena... Um, there's a little computer trickery involved when yes. you draw your hand. And specifically what's happening is it draws you two hands. You don't see this part of it. Mysterious. But it draws you two hands and then it gives you the one that has a better mix of lands and spells. Right. So, for instance, if it drew you like a seven card hand that had one land and a seven card hand that had three lands, it will show you the three land hand. And that's the one that you'll be making your decision about. So this means that more decks are going to have what we call their nut draw because it's going to be the correct mix of lands and spells that they want in their opening hand. Fewer games are going to be decided by mulligans, obviously. And it also affects deck building because a lot of decks will be able to run fewer lands. Yeah. All right, so what do we mean about that? The hand selection algorithm is, most of the time, going to select a hand that contains the average number of lands for your deck. Okay. So it does a little math that way. Yeah. And that's why some decks can get around, around, away with running fewer lands in best of one than they could in best of three. Even if it's just by a land. Yeah. It's one land one. fewer. Yeah. But that's one spell more. <laughs> nice. But it doesn't really it doesn't really affect that ratio. No. In a way that's significant to the computer doing all of the behind the business work. The computer behind the business is doing work. Behind the business work. All right. That. <laughs> Like it's out back behind the staples doing yeah. some math with a little calculator. Okay. If the business that you're running is a barn. Is a staples. Yeah. <laughs> Specifically. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> what I are think we talking of, about? When I think of classic business, I think of staples. What do you think of? Ready, set, go. Classic business. Wait, what are you, what are we saying? Think of an example of a classic okay. business. What's um, the first thing you think of? Office Max. Yes. Look at, we're both thinking of office supply stores. Okay, but maybe it's because, maybe I thought that because you said staples. Could be interesting you yeah all right or maybe because they sell stuff for businesses they're a double business they are business. a double business business we were talking about lands lands so okay so yeah the computer's smart right it knows yes. this kind of stuff what is not smart about at least not yet yeah. is colors of land so if you have a three color deck yeah you're gonna have potentially some difficulty around drawing all three colors of mana even if the computer is trying to be helpful and it's like, here's three lands and four spells. Right. But it's all, it's just like you. all one or one to like, two colors. Oh. And you're like, that is not helpful. No. Actually. Thank you, computer. <laughs> you certainly tried, but you it tried. did not work out. And you know, this is true, of course, of the deck we mentioned earlier, Esper Control. We're mm -hmm. playing three colors here. But even despite this, some pros still say Esper Control, the best deck in best of one. Ooh, interesting. So Wish I had known that before I made my draft picks. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We okay. We've got a fantasy league coming up. We've yes, got we two do. Of them. So we're on that later. Yeah. So we were talking about decks that can run fewer lands, and most notably, this is aggressive decks that are monocolored. Yes. Right. Because, because that doesn't come into play no. with the different colors of lands. It's just like no, here's whatever. three mountains, and it's always going to be mountains. Yeah. Because all you put you in deck were mountains. I'm playing mono red. All I ever want are two lands. Yeah. Basically, I, I think maybe three. three. Three yeah. lands, no more. So in traditional best of three, mono red will run something like 21 lands. In best of one, it can run anywhere from 17 to 19 lands. Wow. And, wow. And it has been seen as few as 13. What? Yeah. Out of 60 cards? That's right. That is completely I think that wild. Is, I think that's a little, a that's little off the rails. people who are just the rails. They're riding the wave. Yeah, they're, they're trying real hard to game yep. the system. But yeah, but even 17 to 21, that's a huge difference. Yes, that's four whole other spells that you're putting in your deck. And when you're making your deck, you got to think about this. Or if you're just like, you know, playing a net deck or whatever. Uh, yeah, you're going to have a bit, much better chance of having a great opening hand playing these aggressive decks. Because you don't have to worry about color. Yeah. You don't have to worry about ever drawing a lot of lands. Yeah. And you don't have to put a lot of lands in your deck. It also means that if you are if you are looking at your own personal opening hand and you're like, well, this hand is going to be good if they don't do anything for two turns. Right. You don't have that. You no. don't have that buffer. No. That buffer's not there. Put that hand back. Or you're like, what if they what if they miss their land drop or something? No. Put that hand back. Ship it. It is not going to work out for you more times than it will. Accurate. Yeah. So let's talk about versatility because uh, you've got to you've got to be able to play against a variety of decks in best of one and not stumble and fall on your face because mm-hmm. you ain't got the possibility of a sideboard, my friend. That's right. There's no sideboard. If in you the fall future. on your face once, as far as everyone's concerned, you died there. <laughs> that, as far as best of one is concerned. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It saw you die once and it's like, it's uh, like it's, well, it sees you stumble and they're like, they're gone. They're gone. They're gone. So I want you to think about this. Like, okay, say you're playing Esper Control and the only win condition you're packing is Teferi. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is a case that some people have played in best of three. Yes. Well, guess what? What if your opponent plays the Immortal Sun against you? Womp womp. You can never win. Wait, I have Mortify. Guess you can Mortify it. Yeah. You've but, cast all your Mortifies in this scenario. Wow. I really did not. <laughs> I did not plan well for this. Who am I? What's my name? Your name is Jared. Okay. My name is Jared. Yeah. And I'm playing an Esper Controllist. Yes. That only has the win condition of Teferi. Yes. I've cast all of my Mortifies. Yes. And all of my counter spells, yes. or they managed to resolve the Immortal they Sun. They resolved it. Wow. I really messed up. Your middle name is uh, Peanut. And your last name is McGillicuddy. Um, so Jared my full name Peanut is Jared Peanut McGillicuddy. Yes. And I have no way to win the game. That's right. That could be you if you don't think about versatility. <laughs> All right. This also comes out into play with cards like Cast Down, which is a totally normal best of three card. Yes. But what if they don't have any creatures? What are you going to do? Well, I'm, I'm just going to cry yeah cry or put assassin's trophy in your black green deck instead ah interesting because that hits many different kinds of permanent so that's kind of like the way that you got to think about it is uh, if i can help not having a dead card against a you know however many of the matchups i probably should do that thing and we talked about this a while back when we were talking about best of one before yes how uh, play design um and r&d have specifically said that they're looking at ways to develop cards for best of one yeah so you look at something like night of autumn yeah which exactly. specifically is a card that's built to not be dead in a best of 
of one matchup. It can just be a big old creature. Yeah. It can gain, gain you life. life. It can destroy an enchantment or an artifact, right. which is like very relevant. Ravager worm. Yeah. So that's the kind of card that it's like, oh, this has so many different modes on it that no matter what I come up against, I'll be able to cast it and hopefully get some pretty solid I'm value. I'm very excited to see what R&D continues to develop for Best of One based mm-hmm. on these kinds of cards. Because I, I think they're just pretty cool and not only cool in Best of One, but have, you know, implications like Knight of Autumn and Modern or whatever. Yeah. That's just helpful to have a versatile card no matter what way you're playing Magic. Yeah. So some people in the control world have thought about this versatility question and they've said to themselves, what if, even though it's best (laughs) of one, I have a sideboard. I love this. Say what? But you're not going to sideboard. What else are you going to do with those cards? Well, (laughs) you're going to Mastermind's Acquisition and search for them. I love it. Pretty spicy. Yeah. Mastermind's Acquisition lets you go into your sideboard and take out whatever you want and put uh, it in your hand put it in your hand so you can't actually submit a, a sideboard for sideboarding but you can have a sideboard for, for non master for, mas- for non-sideboarding <laughs> situations yes for masterminds acquisition situations yes. and so bbd says in his article he thinks any deck that can play masterminds acquisition realistically should play masterminds acquisition oh. which i think is very interesting what a thought i mean if you so you're looking want a at toolkit, like green black even though we've said mid-range is bad yeah but esper control esper control spe- maybe. more specifically yeah all right mono black yeah that is a deck i've come across invested when i was playing around with it a little bit the other day yeah um yeah i mean like imagine if you just always had what you needed in any given situation i can imagine that so you know well what I mean? <laughs> but i'm looking forward to seeing if anybody uses this in the Mythic Invitational. Yeah. So it's kind of like, these kind of feel like two opposing things and you sort of have to pick one, right? Yeah. We're talking about versatility, which is things that give you more flexibility, like Mastermind's Acquisition or like multi-purpose removal spells like Assassin's Trophy. Yeah. But then the other side of it is that in linear decks, like mono red there's not a lot of room for versatility no no. i mean technically lightning strike is versatile in that you can point it at (laughs) someone's face or you can point it at a creature so versatile but that's about it (laughs) that's like the end of versatility for that deck yes um and the same goes for something like mono blue it's like well i have some creatures and i have some counter spells yeah the end the end All right, so let's talk about something that people have been tweeting a lot about, actually, the people who are competing in the Mythic Invitational. A few people tweeted out that playing first was their main goal in this tournament. Like, after so much testing, I'm pretty sure it was Gabby Sparks who tweeted, what I can hope is that I'm on the play. And yeah. so we, we got a little bit of uh, math in this article from Brian Bronduin, who uh, looked to his teammates and uh, out of 2,000 games played between them, which is, uh, you know, yeah. a large sample size yeah. for, for them, but a relatively small sample size, all things considered. It was a difference of 15 to 20 percent in the likelihood to win a game based on whether you won the die roll or not. Yeepers. Which is very large. That's huge. Yes. I'm I'm here to say that that is a problematically yes. large number. Yeah. And hopefully, wow. as R&D continues to develop Best of One, I mean, this is the first time it's ever around, so we got to cut them a little bit of slack here. They can try and hopefully get this number down closer to 50-50. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a big chunk. Big that's chunk. Painful. And, of course, playing first, um, you know, the hand selection algorithm rewards monocolor aggressive strategies. Because, like we said, consistently get powerful, balanced hands, and they can't—you know—they yeah. don't flood out as often. 
So all right, there you go. You know, it's an it's an agrom agroman's world. Yeah, or an esper control world. Yeah, according to him, a person can dream. All right, so there's a few things that you got to think about when you're playing best of one. Your games go like that. They're boom, they're done. You blink, they're over. Yeah. Done. Okay? So what you need to do is have kind of a different mentality when facing a loss. Yeah. Which is just like you cannot brood on that. No. You cannot stew over it. No. You cannot cry. No. Especially if you are on the draw. Just think about the fact that you are already... 20% less likely <laughs> to win that game. I'm saying something that's going to make you upset. And I realize that that is counterproductive yeah. to what we're trying to say here. Yeah. But you just got to like, let it go. Yep. Hop back in there. And, and, and hit play again. It's quantity. It is quantity. It's a quantity. Yes. Yes, game. that is exactly what it is. Uh, yeah, you're going to lose a lot. That's just the way it is. You're going to lose quickly, and you just got to jump back in there and get ready to battle again. You know, I've um, I've been playing some best of one now ahead yep. of the tournament and on our stream, twitch.tv slash GLHF Magic, and been having a lot of fun with it. Mm -hmm. But oh my gosh, does it feel like you really have to yeah. go, 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 play, 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 because yeah. you only are climbing up one little notch every time every it's time. opposed to Oof. two on best of three. And do you know what? Like, I feel like in, uh, in best of one... Um, and I know that you have like this mentioned already, but like, it does feel like it's streaks. Like I'll yes. win, I'll win like seven games in a row and you're on top of the world yep. and you're like, yes. This and, I then, can't lose. and then I turn around and I lose seven games just as quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Streaking <laughs> uh, <laughs> is a thing in best of one. <laughs> keep, keep your pants on. Uh, but you will find that you you lose in a bunch of chunks and win in a bunch of chunks because the metagame in best of one is shifting way more quickly than best of three. Yeah. And the people you're grouped around, like in mythic Especially if you're at the top of Mythic, you're going to play the same people yeah. again and again and again. Yep. So, like, yeah, just get used to this <laughs> streaking. <laughs> just get used to streaking. You heard it here on Good Luck High Five uh, I feel, first. I feel like that's not what I meant to say, but that's definitely what I did say. Yep. Uh, so there you go. Uh, but, man, when you're, like, you're, when you're riding the wave of wins, feeling oh, great. Oh, it is awesome. Hold on to that feeling. It's going to turn around. I've got rocket-powered jet boots. Here's our promise Here about best of one is that that streak will turn around. We promise. That's a good luck of five promise. Yep. <laughs> All right. So what about some tips when you're playing best of one? All yeah. right. So uh, you've got to play like you've got a jam. That's yeah. the way I think about it. You again, you cannot look at those hands and it's like, well, this is fine if they don't do anything until turn three. Yeah. Nope, that's no, not going to work. Not okay. They're going to search for his can to you. They're going to thought erasure you. They're Ugh. going They're going to play one billion little creatures. They're going to siren storm tamer and curious obsession. Yeah. You're going to be done for. Because on average, remember, these hands are going to be better than your average hands in best yeah. of three. So you've got to assume that your opponent usually like has whatever card your they need. Your opponent's hand is good. They've got it. They've got the land drop. They've got that creature that they need yep. it on to. Whatever. They have it. Sit there and know for yourself that it's just their hand is good. Their hand is good, and you just have to be like, well, I'm just going to play my hand the yep. way that my hand works best, and if they're going to counter my spell, well, they probably will, and I'm just going to go for it. You just got to keep living on. Yes, so you don't have the luxury of just sitting there, chilling out, and drinking a lemonade, okay? Although, you can always have a lemonade oh, yeah. while you're playing arena. Absolutely. Feel free to do that, but don't relax while you're drinking it. No, feel very stressed out. Hence, <laughs> I want you to stress drink that lemonade. <laughs> 
just get real tense and then chug it. You know, I just love after a long day of work, sitting down in my easy chair, opening a marina for some best of one and, and then chugging and, a and stress chugging Slamming a lemonade, a lemonade. just breaking the glass in my hand yeah. as it tries to make its way to my mouth. Especially if it's some really good stuff like the Newman's Own brand. Oh, yeah. Make sure it's like a quality lemonade that you're just going to demolish you without know second thought. I'm excited for speaking of playing just relaxing and playing arena summer summer is it the season of summer is involved in this answer because i love to sit on my porch and play arena and put on the record player and have a have a cocktail what a hipster is that a hipster thing to do (laughs) did i just describe a hipster porch a video game (laughs) and a record player and I'm wearing like if I triangulate <laughs> those three things using my software, the, the location I end up with is hipster. I forgot to mention that I'm wearing a straw hat and a handlebar mustache. Does that change? You're wearing your a handlebar mustache. <laughs> yeah, like one that, like when you're little and you put up your nose to have it stay on. Oh, one yeah. of those. You're ultra hipster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, sweet. <laughs> this does sound perfect. Ultimate hipster. Life sounds good. Yeah, I mean, that's that's some of my fondest memories about magic. I really love, I have a hammock that you can um, <gasps> yes. put between two trees. I really love going down to the lake. Just h- hanging up my hammock. Yeah. I'm triangulating this, and I'm coming up with hippie. That's where I'm landing. <laughs> I put this into my software. I put this into my hammock software. Hammock tree hammock chilling out tree by a lake. lake. <laughs> hippie. Hippie. Okay. <laughs> tracks how have you uh, have you been having any fun playing best of one um yeah i would say that i swap back and forth between best of one and best of three best of three i've been loving playing simic nexus right now yeah nexus being banned in best of one yeah you can't even Straight more can't. proof that best of one is its own format yeah. it has its own bands yeah um so anyways i love playing simic nexus and that one's felt really consistent for me like usually if i'm playing simic nexus i'm climbing yeah whereas if i'm playing best of one it feels way more volatile sometimes i'll just get on and i'll lose a bunch sometimes i'll get on and i'll win a bunch and then i'll lose a bunch yeah yeah um but i've been playing some esper mid-range in it which is actually pretty fun oh okay you know it has a lot of you just said the word mid-range that's true but it feels it feels like it hits on the versatility part of it yeah that's for sure where sometimes you have you can have very aggressive draws um that attack people down pretty quickly you're very resilient and i like the deck because it's good against mono blue and mono red okay yeah you know it has like a bunch of basilica bell haunts so sometimes you play mono red and they're just like here's all my like i get i attack you i attack you and you're like okay i gain three life you discard a card nice and now I have a 3-4, which also none of your creatures can attack through. Beautiful. It's very good. Hey, man, if we can hate on mono red and mono blue, I'm all yeah. for it. Yeah, I'm, yeah, just yeah. An, I'm annoyed by those decks. Oh, uh, and Hostage Taker, such a good card. Ooh, Hostage Taker is great. Thief of Sanity. Thief of Sanity. Like having, having a deck that sometimes is able to be like, okay, Thought Erasure you, take whatever is going to get in the Thief's way, and then like play a Thief of Sanity and just attack you with it real solid you do have a lot of tools in that deck yeah and a lot so, of things that need to be dealt with i don't know that it's great it it is a it's the one that specifically when i think of winning a bunch but then, r- losing, but then losing a bunch, a bunch that's it I've been playing some uh, White Weenie in Best of One. Yeah. Because we were talking about the show last week. And you're like, Maria, if you want to scoot past Platinum 2, you should probably just play White Weenie. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Um, And, you know, it is fun. But at the same time, it's like so it can be so linear that I'm just like, okay. I'm kind of bored of this deck. Yeah. So in this article that we've been mentioning, it'll, we'll put a link to it in the show notes, is a deck from BBD, which is called White Green Angels. 
yeah. which um, I've just been playing a little bit a few minutes ago and was super fun. This is a very fun deck. And it has versatility, which yeah. she was talking about. So you're running Jade Light Ranger, you're running Merfolk Branch Walker, and of course, if you're running those, you're running Wild Growth Walker. Yeah. So there you've got your life gain to deal with aggressive strategies. Get wrecked, Mono Red. Yes, absolutely. Then you've got Knight of Autumn, two copies of that. Mm -hmm. Like we said, a card specifically designed for best of one. And then you've got your bangers like Lyra Dawnbringer, Resplendent Angels, and Shalai. So like whatever. Yep. Shalai. bangers. Uh, Vivian Reed's in this deck. Adventurous Impulse to help you find what mm -hmm. you need, which I think is kind of cool. And two copies of Ixalan's Binding. Yeah. Um, he, he also has a, a Dovin's Acuity Esper yes. Control List. Dovin is such a cutie. This, yeah. This is my real This is my real. This jam. looks like your jam right here. Yeah. It has. It is running three copies of Mastermind's Acquisition nice. and has a sideboard that goes with it. That's a bunch of one ofs. I love it. So classic. Ooh, you should try this one out. I'm going to. Do you think you have these cards? I think I do. I mean, cry, it's a bunch of stuff. Maybe not mission briefing. That's a weird one. You probably drafted it, though, at some point. Maybe. Maybe. But all of these, like a lot of these sideboard ones are <laughs> one of rares. I love it. All right. It reminds me of when you used to talk about toolbox elves. Oh, yeah. In modern. Back in modern. There it is. That was pretty sick. So, yeah, um, I've been having fun with it. I'm, I'm willing to try it out more. I think I just, you know, well, I still think like best of three is there like the purest yes. form of magic. It is the more magic form of magic. The more magic form of magic. I do think it's a f another fun format. And <laughs> I'm just going to think of it like yeah. modern or whatever. And I will say that that 15 to 20 percent really getting to me. Yeah, I know. Well, That's I mean, a big difference. We need some more data to make sure that that That's is accurate. True. But but that does not it. make it. No, it does not make it easier. Any easier to stomach. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So the Mythic Invitational coming up this weekend, PAX East. That's right. We've got competitors going in there. The MPL. We've got the challengers or the people like streamers hanging out and battling. Yeah. And uh, they're playing best of one. See how that format shakes out. It's and on Sunday, there's going to be a whole bunch of previews for War of the Spark. Yeah. So get, get hyped. So let's talk about our fantasy leagues. Oh, yeah. So we did fantasy leagues for the last Mythic Championship. So mm -hmm. it, it only stands that we're going to do them here for the Mythic Invitational. Same format. Pick 10 cards. Pick 10 players. It's not a snake yep. draft. It's just pick 10. Um, and if you want to play, there's links to our player draft and our card draft in the show notes below. If you uh, come in first, you're going to get a sweet prize. Yeah. And if you if you come in first and you beat Paul, because we do yeah. not count the coverage people. No, we do you not. Win, and you beat Paul, we'll send you a bonus prize. Okay, sweet. Because we need to see Paul lose. lose. Paul wins all the time. He always wins the fantasy drafts. And we are sick and tired of it. We really are. Simon also generally does very, very well. Yes. So if you beat them, either of them, yeah. we'll give you extra, extra prizes. Prize. Extra prizes. Okay. All right. Tell me. Tell me your teams. All right. Our so teams look slightly similar. That's okay. That makes sense. We didn't consult when we were making no. these teams. So we do have a rule for your team, though. You'll be automatically disqualified from this if you have all MPL players or anybody who has top-aided a pro tour. That's right. You have to have at least one hot pick. One hot take. Which okay. is which is someone who has not MPL and does not have a top eight. That's right. So my team, I picked Reed Duke because I pick him for literally everything. Win a tournament, Reed, then I might take you off my list, okay? Uh, I picked uh, Beatrice Grancha. So this is uh, the person who came in number eight on the leaderboard yes. to get into the Mythic Invitational. Pretty awesome. Really Playing cool. Playing Mono White. Playing Mono White, that's yeah. right. So I think, I figure if she can like 
do that well just in the giant world of magic players, she can probably do pretty well in this tournament. I also picked Amazonian, who, from what I I can tell, is streaming 100% of the time. Yes. When is when is she not streaming? Never. I, I don't know because Never every time I answer. check, she's always streaming. Yep. So I figure, you know what? If you're doing that much streaming, you're on my list. Yeah. I picked Andrew Ellenbogen, hometown hero. Gregor Kowalski, who's also somebody who plays like... You pick Kowalski a lot. He plays magic nonstop. Yeah, that's true. I talked to him and I'm like, hey, tell me like how much of your day do you play magic? And he's like, oh, it's just a little bit. I'm like, talk to me about hours. And he's like, I don't know, like 15 hours. And I'm like, that's not a little bit, just Greg. Just a little bit. So Ooh. he's getting on the list. I always wow. pick... Efro as well. He's on this list. Solid player, solid pick. I picked Kenji yeah. just because I think it's so cool to be able to watch Kenji in this tournament. He was like the first streamer I ever watched regularly. Yeah. And just a really cool dude. Uh, and he just got married, so he's going to have the boost, the happy boost. You think boost. he has a marriage boost? Marriage boost. Boop. Okay. You know, I feel like you always perform better at anything when you're very, like, in a good mood, when you're happy. Yeah. So, like, Kenji could have that boost unless he's realizing that he's married. Oh, my God. My life is over. <laughs> wow, Maria. <laughs> just kidding. Whoa. That's just, that's not happening. Hot take on marriage. <laughs> Kenji's great. Um, and so is his wife. Uh, Paulo Vitor Damadorosa made my list. Autumn Burchett, because they're on a streak, win a Mythic Championship, get yeah. back in, win something else. And I didn't pick LSV for the last Mythic Championship, and I'm very upset Always at myself. Always a mistake to not. So he's on the list this time. Fair enough. All right. Like I said, mine looks pretty similar. Um, I have Andrea Mangucci, nice. which is my version of Reed. <laughs> I always pick Andrea. I think Andrea is a great player. Yeah. Um, Gabe Nassif. Oh, yeah. I mean. Solid. Yeah. Why not? Um, Jamie Rigotti. Yeah. Jamie Topples. I love her. I think that she is a great player. I'm excited to see her play in Super this. Super nice human being as yes, well. Yes, exactly. I also have Beatrice on here. I also have Amy. Um, I picked Gabby. I like when Gabby wants to win something, she's like a force. Formidable opponent. Yes. I still think about like she was in the standard Super League ages ago. Oh, yeah. And she just came with like a bunch of linear aggro decks and just crushed that field. Yeah, I remember that. Because it was just like it looked at you as like Gabby wanted to win that and she did. And so I'm like, <laughs> Gabby wants to win. She's Get on gonna. the list. Um, Alexander Hain has oh, just been yeah. practicing so much. Great pick. Already a great player and has put been putting in the hours. Lots of great hats on his stream. If you're interested in hats, his stream has all yeah, the hats. There you go. Um, um, Matt Nass just always seems like such a nice person. He does. And like plays interesting decks. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, Matt Nass. Matt Nass. Autumn also, they're, like you said, Obviously. they're on the streak. Mono Blue is great in the format. Yep. And we know that they're great at Mono Blue. Absolute so. pro. Uh, and I went your route and put Reed Duke on my list. Wow. I almost never draft Reed because I know you always draft Reed. Yeah. But I was like, do you know what? I feel like it's a mistake. I can't hog not Reed. Not to. From the world. <laughs> So anyway, you don't have to pick the same players as us, or you can, whatever you want to do. Probably yep. don't do the exact same ones, because that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, feel free to pick whoever you want uh, for your league. Yes. So let's take a look at cards. Cards. So each card will earn your team three points per copy that appears in the main deck of a deck in the top eight, plus one point per copy in the sideboard of a deck. So like, I guess if it's the Mastermind's acquisition plan, you get in a couple extra bonus Ew. points or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Here's my team. History of Benalia, best art and best card. Uh, Tithe Taker, 
All right, you're on that mono white plan. Mono white. Mortify. All um, right. So if anyone brings a mid-range deck, I don't know why they would, but Esper Control. Yeah. Scary Terry. Terramander's on this list. Mono blue. Opt is on this list. It appears in a few decks. Hydroid Crassus. Yeah, sure. I yeah. think people will play that. Llanowar Elves. I've been coming up against a couple of big green decks to try and power out Galta. It might be in there. Uh, Teferi, Hero of Dominaria. We can't have a list without putting frickin' Teferi on it. Shocking Goblin Chain Whirler. Nod to Mono Red. Wow. All there right. There you go. Um, so I have Merfolk Branchwalker. Yeah. I think that it's just, you know, it's a, it's a solid two drop. All right. History of Benalia, my nod to Mono White. Yep. Dive Down, you know. Mono Blue. thing. Hydroid Crassus. I love that card. Conclave Tribunal. Oh, nice. Charter Course. Nice. Draw two cards. Nice. But you want me to attack with the creature? What? Anyways. <laughs> Shock. Yep opt yeah my you know they're one mana they're one mana and yeah. they do a lot chemistry's insight and terramander yes so i felt i feel a little all over the place with my picks this time around That's but okay i also have right this format is like unexplored territory yeah i don't know like is it right to pick all cards from one deck and just bank on that yeah potentially I don't know. we're gonna have to chart a course through these unfamiliar waters so again, if you want to play, uh, check out the show notes or the link underneath this video. You have until the tournament, the day before, the night before the tournament yeah. to submit. You can't submit, obviously, when the tournament is going. It'll just be shut down. So get it, your picks in. Yep. It's time for the never before seen shout out block. Okay. I have uh, three shout outs. Let's go. The first is to the taco cat delivery person. <laughs> yes. Who has brought us extra sodas. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Taco cat guy. We really you're appreciate great. the work that you're doing. Yes, we really do. Um, helped us get through our taxes. Absolutely. Tax season sucks. Not uh, non shout out to tax, to tax season. <laughs> um, number two is Ray Future Pro, who reached number one in the mythic rankings. Oh, nice. Um, over the last couple of days. Congrats. That's Ray Perez Jr., yeah. um, also known as Ray Future Pro. And third is to the person in our, in our leagues who named their teams <laughs> Jace's mom has got it going on. <laughs> Those are my three shout outs. Yes. Great shout Real outs, nice work, Megan. All three of those people. Okay. It's time for a story time with Megan, the gruel. That's right. So this story is called Rage of the Unsung, and it's a little look at what's happening in the gruel clan. Okay. Uh, over here on Ravnica. So this is about the story of a little Viashino tattoo artist. Oh, cool. So um, all of the gruel are sep are like in little clans and that's how they they stay together right you don't yeah. want to be unaffiliated with the clan because then you've got no one to protect you and it turns out so the gruel are all about just demolishing civilization like and they're generally mind, yes there's a war going on and the war is between people who want to build buildings and the gruel who are like there should be no buildings do they think but they still think like that there should be people and stuff it's just not infrastructure they just want, there should be no infrastructure okay got it nature so they are all about tearing down like blocks and blocks and blocks they're talking about <laughs> in this one um the tattoo artist like tattoos on the gruel the different like city blocks that they destroyed wow um and all of the legends are about like how many of these different giants and these different ogres destroyed that's hardcore Exactly. Um, and so this this particular Viashino is in Rurik Thars. Okay. Although we learned that it's Rurik and Thars, how you should be saying it, because it's two heads. 
So oh. you're not supposed to say Rorikthar. You're supposed to say Rorikanthar. <laughs> that makes sense. Anyways. I would be very, very offended cute. if my other head's name was like, you know, Bobby. And they're like, yeah. Maria Bobby. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. This is Maria and, and Bobby. Bobby. <laughs> so now you know that. Um, anyways. And they like. The gruel have something called the rage, or they call it the rage, and it's just like what comes on. The, the, it's basically like a spark of anger, right? So this like is whatever like, ignites in them that makes them angry and makes them want to like rampage. Sort and of fight. like the pond far if you're a Vulcan, but less about procreation yes. and more about destruction. And it just like it just like will it, it ignites. Yeah, the, the rage. How often do they get the rage once a like, month? All the time. Does it does it pair with no. the moon cycle? It's just anything can so, set see. it off. <laughs> Um, anyways, but this Fiochino has always felt like kind of left out because he was kind of like a runt, um, and has never felt the rage about anything. So he always just is like, yeah, okay. One day I'll be mad. Maybe. Exactly. That's really what he's like. (laughs) Anyways. And he's like looking around at the rubble belt, which is the gruel stretch of territory. And he's like, what is wrong with everything? Like all of the plants and the animals are kind of like wasting away. Um, and he's like, no one else is noticing this what's happening right like everything kind of has like all of the plants are wilting um all of the animals are really listless and so he's like what's going on and he's trying to make this ink um to tattoo people but because all of the ingredients which are all these natural ingredients aren't doing that well he can't get the ink to work properly so he tattoos all (laughs) these people the night after their big you know tearing down of buildings and then some of them set on fire like the ink (gasps) spontaneously ignites and he gets kicked out because they're Rurik Rurik and Thark kick him out because that's bad okay Um, I think a flaming tattoo is really cool I know whatever but they're upset about it so anyways he gets kicked out and that's when he goes and he notices that like even the bones of like the animals in the rubber belt uh, rubble belt are like kind of rubbery and like nothing's doing as well as it should be so he like tries to creep back to be like we need to look at this we need to examine this and there he meets um, another ogre shaman who's taken over the tattoo work who used to be like a really big fighter and all of these stories have referenced in some ways and then called the tin street massacre yeah which was thought to be ignited by the gruel, um, but seems like it might have actually, like, there's actually no clarity. Okay. Um, and also, going back to the Azorius story, not the Azorius story, the Rakdos one about freeing all of the people from prison. Yeah. Um, some of the gruel characters in this have recently gotten out of those prisons. Okay, so this is after that story. Yeah. Or closely. Or closely related, yeah. yeah. They've, like, recently returned, a lot okay. of them. So anyways... There's this, there's this shaman who used to be a big fighter. Um, and, and he looks at like the ink that she's making and it's really nice. Um, and so he like follows her around and they go into Celestian territory and they collect the ingredients. There's like Hydra eggs and maca dung and like some tree bark stuff. You know, and dung tattoo. Exactly. Nice. I mean, it's the gruel. And so while they're there, while they're in Celestian territory, they're looking at how they're, so mad because Celestian, even though it's about the natural world, it's so ordered and they're like, nothing is allowed to grow the way that it wants to. Oh, it's I, all was like gonna very say, I was going to ask you about this. I'm like, shouldn't the Celestian and the gruel be best no, friends? No, they're not because the gruel are just like, you're trying to order all of this beautiful chaos of nature and the Celestians are like, it should be ordered. Um, 
anyway so it's stuff that like they're looking at the trees and it's all the same trees planted in like the same orders yeah and stuff like that and they come across some raised boars and like these ones are just like very silky and beautiful and they're like what boars exactly exactly they're like what is this silky boars um and then so the viachino climbs a tree and is like what's going on and looks down around it and realizes that the celestians have been leeching magic from the gruel territory to cast growing spells in their own territory really so all of these trees that he's looking at he's like these trees are enormous but they're only five years old how is that a thing and it's because he like climbs up and like looks at the landscape from above and is like oh it's taking all of this magic out of the gruel world and putting it into the celestian like grow there's celestian elves on top of trees with very long straws sucking the ground exactly classic milkshake scenario they're from drinking there will be blood. their milkshake they're drinking the gruel's milkshake got it yes um and so then he goes back to rurik and thar um and he realizes that this is what this is what may, like ignites his rage he's oh. so mad um that the celestians have been doing this and he's so mad that thing like Viachinos like him are never seen as heroes. It's always like the big ogres and the big giants. And he's like, I'm putting these things together. Like I'm solving this. Yeah. Um, I want a place in this. And he finally convinces them. And Rurik and Thars are like, there will be stories told about this war many years later, and your name will be at the center of them. <gasps> and it's very sweet wow. and cute. Um, in a very gruel sort of angry smashing things way. I mean, aren't we all just looking for what ignites our rage? Ex- I mean, yes. <laughs> yes. Exactly. It oh, was actually like a great that's story. That's a great story. Yeah. Because, and it's really creepy, right? Like when it's, he's in the gruel territory oh, and you're like, yeah. what is doing this? You said rubbery bones and that yes. really disturbed me. Yeah. Because so. he's like eating something and he like, it's, it's like, he like looks at the bone underneath it and he's like, this is not right. It's like pliable and stuff. Oh, that yeah. spooks me. It as it should, right? And it's really fascinating that the Celestians are just sort of like, well, we should be, we get to take this because we're growing things in order and beauty. Celestians like gardens, gruels like like forests. Forests, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Whoa. Or wow. like the wild woods. I feel that's interesting. I didn't ever get that insight into Celestia versus Gruel and how they yeah. differed in their approach to nature. Also, it's great that like the Gruel keep talking about waging their war, but literally it's not against another faction. It's just about tearing just down generally. buildings. It's exclusively about pulling down buildings. What would they do if they lived in what if they do if they turned on the last building? Um, I think they'd be really like happy. They, then you think that they'd be, they wouldn't yeah. go to another planet or plane just to like <laughs> tear down to more. To, we need to go to another plane, tear down all of their buildings. Yeah. Yeah. So they're anti-order wow. establishment. I love, so great. I love the tattoo lore of getting tattoos of the places you've destroyed. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Uh, so I need to get one of the McDonald's that I grew up across the street from. When I burn that sucker to the ground. What? Sorry, uh, police, you can't prosecute me. The The it's, time limit it's has been 20 years. It's been 20 years. So I'm I'm innocent. I'm a free man. You can't get me. You can't get me coppers. I wanted to. Cook. I don't think that this is how any of this works. You know, statute of limitations on um, arson. I'm, I'm, I would Google that, but I don't <laughs> want it in my search history. <laughs> Statute of limitations, arson. Yeah, like I'm not searching that. I won't. You know what you gotta know? 
Ultra Pro. That's right. If you were looking for any magic accessory, it is the place to go. Or D&D accessory also. Absolutely. They have beautiful dice. Look at these dice. I have a D20 dice set here. It's like very heavy. This yes. is legit metal dice. It is weighty. I love it. It gives you power yes. and authority. When you're rolling your saving throw, you want to roll something that feels like it has merit in this world. Wow. You don't want to roll a piece of plastic, do you? No. no. Do you know what? That could have used to be a water bottle. That's actually fine. That's kind of a nice <laughs> thing. I'm not trying to knock recycling here. This, this turned around this, on me. This got out of hand. Look, they have great stuff. Yeah, they do. Deck boxes, dice. Um, we love, we haven't talked about these in a while, but like, I love their beautiful full art land um, life the notebooks what, yeah the notebooks those are great for tracking life totals they are like beautifully gridded on the inside very nice yeah ultra pro quality stuff uh to accessorize for magic or dungeons and dragons check them out on ultrapro.com or go to cardkingdom.com slash glhf because they sell a bunch of their great stuff there as well all right Tony the Tigers. That's been our show. Wow. We're being listened to by so many Tony the Tigers. Exclusively Tony the Tigers. Wow. Everyone go out and eat cornflakes. You're great. Or don't. Wait, not cornflakes. That's not the one I'm looking for. What did he do? Tony the Tiger. Frosted Flakes. Frosted Flakes. That's Tony it. the Tiger looked at cornflakes and was were like, these are not for me. What's a way that I could put more sugar into this cereal? Oh, yeah. Frosted Flakes. Frost them. Also, doesn't cornflakes have one and it's like a weird rooster? Yeah. Am I just right? That's Absolutely. a thing. Absolutely. Okay. It's a rooster. Nice. Weird. Because you're waking up. That's why. Oh. Eat your cornflakes. Well, I, I growl like a tiger when I wake up. Absolutely. <laughs> that's been our show today. Yeah. Thanks to everybody once again who supports us on patreon.com slash GLHF magic. Uh, head over there and click you know, become a patron. You click, can do click, it click. for any dollar amount, but $5 a month does get you into our Discord server, access to bonus videos, stickers, all those kinds of things. That's right. The extra special patron special where we answer any questions that people throw into the Discord chat. Big ups to Karkinum once again. Uh, put good luck have token in your order. You get a pair of these buttes. Yeah. They're, they're nice. They're so nice. They're so nice. Our board game review this week, um, which we usually mention at the top of the show. Is um, Spell Smashers. Spell Smashers. Yeah. It's a, you know, if you like spelling and then a whole lot of finagling. Yeah. Spell Smashers. Spell Smashers. You can check it out on a board game channel, youtube.com slash GLHF board games. Not with a Z, even though I kind of said it like you it might be said a it Z. Like- it's with an S. Yeah. So don't be fooled. All right. Yeah. We're on Instagram, by the way. Come follow us. Guess what it's at? Um, at at Domri's Pig Pack. <laughs> what did you say? Domri's Pig Pack. <laughs> if you want to be a member of Domri's Pig Pack, follow us on Instagram at GLHF Magic, but also at I'm gonna Domri's go, Pig I'm gonna Pack. I'm going to go get the handle at Domri's Pig Pack right now. <laughs> She's going to be snaps of nature. 